The message today has an unusual title. It's called, It's Okay to Freak Out. Now, I know right off the bat, some people are like, hallelujah, I'm tuning into that. Others and sort of the more super spiritual side of our family were like, I don't like that title because we're all believers in Jesus and we're all filled with the spirit and there shouldn't be any freaking out going on in the kingdom of God. Other people are like, man, I've been freaking out. I need some help on my freak out. I've been freaking out more than I wanted to freak out. I want to know that it's okay to freak out at least a little bit. I think the journey today is going to capture all of us and lead us up to higher ground. Just to recap, in case you missed it, we're in the middle of a perfect storm. Not just any kind of storm, not your run-of-the-mill storm, but we're in a perfect storm. There's a pandemic and there's death. There are economic fallout, economic consequences that are touching in to many of the lives of people who are in this gathering right now. There's a social component to it. We're now in a different living environment than we're used to. There's a global dimension, a local dimension. It's an invisible storm that we're in, and in some ways a non-quantifiable storm that we're in. We don't know if it's two more months of storm or six more months of storm or when the winds are going to still again. It's not on a formula and a schedule that we can circle a day on our calendar and say, yeah, it's time times, but man, on this day, everything is going to be okay again. We're talking about a pandemic with economic, social, global, local, invisible, non-quantifiable dimensions. It has a mental dimension to it so that anxiety now is a major, major player in the storm that we're in. There is an emotional component to it because it's fierce and it's all around us. And in the middle of this, some people, maybe the non-believers in our midst who might be even in the gathering with us today are like, of course it's okay to freak out. Look around and see what's going on. But then at the same time, there are people in the house of faith and they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're filled with the spirit of God. And one of the fruits of the spirit is not freaking out. So how then can it be okay to freak out? Well, I, I would love it today if we could just have some real talk. Because there have been a moment or two along the way in the last few weeks where I freaked out. I don't mean I was running crazy through the neighborhood, losing my mind. I just mean that I woke up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden a few scenarios played out a few weeks and months. And as they played out downstream, I freaked out a little bit. There was a moment where I was in a store and there were things there that I actually didn't need at the moment, but I hadn't seen them in the store in a long time. And I thought I might just get one of those and get one of those. We call it panic buying. And just for a little moment, I freaked out. I didn't come out with nine shopping carts to my car, but there was that little moment of, wait a minute, I haven't seen that in a while. We don't really need it in the moment, but I better grab it while I can. 
And when I had those little moments along the way where I actually freaked out, I realized we need to lower the facade, if you will, the, the Christian exterior that says, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm strong. God's got everything under control. I'm doing just fine. And, and I realized there are a lot of people in the story who can probably relate to what I'm talking about right now. If you're a business owner, small business or large business owner, you totally relate to what I'm saying right now. I would bet anything that there's been a moment where you freaked out. If you're a mom, there's gotta be a moment where you freaked out or a dad. I mean, all of a sudden homes are homeschools. We're all in close quarters. And for all of us, there has got to be a moment somewhere where I've got to run an errand. I need just to drive around the neighborhood for a few minutes. I need some space. I need some time. I need just a little moment right here if I can to freak out. If you're a pastor like me, or you had an NGO or a nonprofit, and your entire organization is built on the generosity of people, and you see an economic collapse around you, there's got to be a moment somewhere along the way where you freak out. We love what we're doing, and we love having church today, and we love being able to reach the whole world today, but our entire organization is structured on the provision of God through the generosity of people. And everyone in that zone probably has had a little moment where they freaked out. If you're a president or a city council member or a mayor, you probably have freaked out at some point. If you walk into a COVID unit at a hospital every day, you're a frontline ICU worker or on a COVID ward, there's been a moment where you have freaked out. Out. If you're a grocery supplier or a stock trader or a son or daughter of an elderly parent, if uh, you're on thin ice with your job, maybe you've been furloughed or just flat out let go. If you are an athlete who aimed toward the Summer Olympics or toward a spring season and everything you built for and dreamed for all of a sudden evaporated before you. If you were a graduating senior and all of this time and energy invested in walking across that stage and receiving that diploma and celebrating this great accomplishment. If you're an expecting mother or if you're close to retirement age and all of your future is in life savings, if you can read the headlines and have a beating heart, there is a high probability that you've actually had a freak out moment in the last few weeks. And you know what happened in those couple of little places where I tried to minimize it? Did you see how I did that? Those couple of little places where I freaked out? In those places where I freaked out for a moment? Do you know what happened? I didn't get a slap on the wrist from God. In fact, I got the opposite. I got a fatherly response. I got a God who's running the universe, looking back at me, somehow communicating to me, of course you just freaked out. Look at you, you're 61 years old. You're, you're what are you, 5'11"? And I was gonna say my weight, but I'm on my quarantine weight right now. So uh, let's just leave that out. You're 61 years old, you're 5'11", you, you, you only weigh whatever, whatever. You're a human being with a human frame in the middle of a perfect, storm. And I didn't feel so much a slap on the wrist for freaking out 
as much as I felt a clasp of the hand. You know, like when a dad is walking with his children and all of a sudden something frightening happens or something unsettling happens and the kid, you know, reacts and says, well, what, what was that? Or I'm afraid or dad, I'm scared. And the dad just sort of grips the hand a little bit and says, I'm here, I got you. And that's what I sensed from God. And I got a prompt from the Holy Spirit. See, I've been in this word, thank you, Lord, all my life. And a lot of this word is all deep down in my mind and deep down in my bones and in all different moments at all different kinds of situations and circumstances. The spirit of God prompts the word of God from the recesses of my mind and my heart and my spirit. And in one of the freak out moments, as I sense God saying, I got you, you can feel me squeezing your hand. The spirit of God just prompted a text in my mind. And I want us to look at that text today. It's found in Psalm 61 and it's a Psalm of David. I, I wanna frame that because David is a warrior. He's a champion. He defeated Goliath. He, he is a man of valor. He, he never backed down from a challenge. As a shepherd boy, he went after a lion and a bear. He ended up being a king of Israel. He is a leader of leaders, David is. But David was also, like you and me, a human being. And in this particular psalm, it frames a time in David's life when he actually was on the run. He was displaced and disjointed, a little unsure and uncertain. And in that season of life, David writes this psalm which records his prayer to God. And this is what he says. Hear my cry, O Lord, listen to my prayer. Now, verse two is the verse that the spirit of God prompted inside of me in the freak out moment. This verse came to mind. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. The phrase that just bolstered my heart in the moment was this opening line in verse two. I call as my heart grows faint. Now, if you're new to faith or new to church, I just know you're going to be encouraged by this word. A lot of us in the gathering today have been in church for a long, long time. And when I started my journey in church, we were well-versed in the King James Version of the Bible. And somehow it's still back in there in the DNA. It's actually a very good Bible translation. Some of the word choices, maybe not so current with our language today, but the translation itself, amazingly accurate translation. And a lot of King James is still in the framework. And when I thought of this verse as the spirit brought it to mind, it actually came to mind in King James because in King James, it says, I call to you when my heart, do you know what word I'm gonna say? When my heart is what? When my heart is overwhelmed. In other words, here's David, a leader, a psalmist, a psalm writer, a king, a warrior, a defender. Here's David 
saying my heart in this situation is overwhelmed and with an overwhelmed heart, I'm crying out to God. It may be too big of a stretch and I don't wanna take any liberties with the text, but maybe it was a freak out moment. My heart is overwhelmed. My heart is faint. The, the Hebrew word underneath this word overwhelmed means to turn. And so when you take it and dig around in its root, you get these kinds of words. Strong's Concordance says about this word, it's to cover over as to veil or to hide from the light, to shroud in the darkness, to fail, to faint, to be feeble, to be overwhelmed or to swoon but it comes from the word to turn. Maybe like that phrase we get when we say they've taken a turn for the worst. In other words, when the storm came, the perfect storm came, I couldn't take it anymore and I took a turn for the worst. I had a freak out moment. I lost confidence for a moment. I lost my temper for a moment. I lost my sense of sanity for a moment. I lost my hope for a moment. I took a turn for the worst. My heart turned. My heart was overwhelmed. And this is the picture that we see when we have a freak out moment. We see our confidence turn, but we have a father who doesn't slap us on the wrist and say, I can't believe you let your confidence turn. We have a father who clasps us by the hand and says, stay with me no matter what the situation, because I'm going to lead you through. Now you're like, I still don't like the title, Louis. I think the title should have been, if I were making the title to your talk today, I would have made the title, Overcoming the Sense of Being Overwhelmed by the Storms of Life, to walk triumphant in all things through Christ by the indwelling power of the Spirit of the living God. That's the title I think we really should have put on the talk today, Louis. And good news, that actually is the title of the message today. If you want to write it down in your notes, I'll give it to you one more time. The title of today's talk is Overcoming the Sense of Being Overwhelmed by the Storms of Life to Walk Triumphant in All Things Through Christ by the Indwelling Power of the Spirit of the Living God. You're like, why didn't you use that title? It won't fit on Instagram. <laughs> And I think in some way it misses the humanity that you and I actually are made of. It's okay as a human being, being made into the image of God, not completed in our sanctification process just yet, being overwhelmed in the middle of a perfect storm, a, a one in 100 year event, it's okay to freak out. But I have to answer the question today, how then is it okay to freak out? And there are a few ways that it's okay to freak out. Number one, it's okay to freak out as long as you only visit and you don't move in. It's okay to have a freak out moment as long as you just visit freak out moment and you don't move in. In other words, it's a stop on the journey it doesn't become the address of your life. You don't 
decorate. You don't move in. You don't get a mailbox. You don't tell everybody, I now live at 2799 Freak Out Avenue. That's my home. That's my address. That's where you can find me if you need me. If you're looking for me, just show up on Freak Out Avenue and I'll be there. That's where I receive my mail. That's where I receive my correspondence. In fact, I've got a new email address. Just email me, louisgiglio, freakout.com. That's me because I didn't just visit momentarily a little turn of heart. I decided when the enemy convinced me that it never was going to change to just move in to the turn of heart, to just move into overwhelm, to just move in to faint, to just move in to I'm not going to make it, to just move in to I need to panic and I need to freak out. And I think God is saying today, hey, if you just made a turn into being overwhelmed, that's okay. Just don't move in. It's the difference, I think, between being concerned and being worried. And we need to understand that God wants us to be concerned. Do you see that there are many things that we should be concerned about today? They're real issues today. We are in a world where most of the people haven't heard the story of Jesus yet. And God wants us to be concerned about that today. In other words, he wants us to think about it when we wake up and think about it when we lay down. He wants us to, to put our mind's energy behind it, put our resources behind it, leverage our energies behind it, be concerned about the fact that people don't know who created them and why they were made. Worry is different. Worry is not, hey, there's a real issue today that I should be trusting God to help me solve. Worry is projecting into the future all manner of scenarios, most of which are not even going to happen, that I should spend my mental and emotional energy trying to mitigate or solve or change in some way. Worry is taking today's concern and pushing it a month down the road and then being overwhelmed and having such a big turn of heart that we end up moving in to freak out. Concern is saying, my kids are sick. I, I should be concerned. My job is on thin ice right now. I should be concerned about that. I should be asking God today, right now, with the decision that was just made by my employer, how do you want me to proceed today? But I remember every time this happens, how Jesus taught us to pray. And how did he teach us to pray? Our Father, there's the clasped hands, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are an amazingly awesome and powerful God, unlike anything we can imagine. So yes, we are holding you by the hand, but not like some earthly dad we hold by the hand. You're completely different and completely other and completely beyond our ability to comprehend. You are hallowed and holy God, and we hold your hand. How this happens is beyond our ability to really fully grasp today, but isn't that a powerful gospel in a perfect storm? I'm holding the hand of a father who is matchless in every way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then how did Jesus teach you to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. Not give us a month's supply. Not make sure we're backstop for the next 
however long. No, you're a manna giving God. Your mercies are new every morning, God. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. The sun comes up tomorrow. You'll be just as powerful and just as hallowed as you are today. If the sun comes up tomorrow, you'll have the same amount in your storehouse as you have in your storehouse today. Your inventory doesn't go up and your inventory doesn't go down. You are God. Therefore, if I wake up tomorrow, I can pray again tomorrow. Lord, give me concern about today. And I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to help me navigate the real story that is in my hands today. And I'm asking you to help me build a firewall that the enemy cannot penetrate so that I don't project concern way down the road into situations that probably aren't even going to happen. I visited Freak Out for a minute or two today, but by the power of God, I didn't choose to move in. I'm not getting my mail at that address. That's not gonna be my permanent dwelling. I know that it's possible for a lot of us to be overwhelmed by the unknown future, but God is saying, I am here to give you what you need today. And the beauty of that is that it keeps us in relationship with God moment by moment, day by day. The second way I think it's okay for us to freak out is if freak out for us becomes a step up and not a step down. In other words, if you have a moment and you freak out, don't give up on the text and don't give up on God. Don't give up on the promise of Psalm 61 because this is what the promise is. From the ends of the earth, I call to you I call as my heart grows faint. When my heart takes a turn for the worst, I'm calling out to you. And here's my prayer. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. In other words, in the moment of panic or of worry or of freak out or of panic buying or of uh, needing, needing to uh, you know, blow off some steam or whatever happened in that moment. God, in that moment, I want this to be a step up and not a step down. I want this to bring me to a higher place, not drag me down to a lower place. He says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And then he describes where and who that rock he is. He says, for you, verse three, have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. In other words, the rock is not a place, it's a person. Shelly and I, a few months ago, were at some dear friend's wedding in South Africa. And after uh, all the wedding events, before heading back home, we went on a few days safari. And in the safari we were in, there was a place called the Rock Lodge. In fact, that's where we stayed. 
and we would drive out through the bush in the days and we would see the animals and have this beautiful scenery and um, a little bit scary when you're in a uh, vehicle that's open air and there's a leopard, you know, 10 feet away, but incredible. But as we would make our way back every uh, time we were out on one of these drives to where we were staying, we would be heading back to the rock lodge. And our guide would say, we're heading back now to the rock lodge, be 30 minutes and we'll be back at the rock lodge. Uh, just a little bit of time here and we'll be back at the rock lodge. And literally as we would drive back through mostly flat terrain, there was a huge formation of rock just jutting up out of the ground, straight up into you know what looked like you know, just a boulder basically sitting in the middle of this game reserve. And sure enough, you could see it from a long distance away and didn't look like it was even habitable, but they'd gone up and actually built a lodge into and onto the rock at the top of this boulder. When we would finally get there, we would go through the, the entrance gate. You'd have to hold on for dear life because the vehicles were just going straight up the driveway, tires scratching all the way up. Like, are we gonna make it up this thing? A little turn, a little turn, and then another straight up thing, and then we park. Up to the rock lodge. That was our rhythm morning. That was our rhythm evening. We're going back up to the Rock Lodge and it gave you a sense of security and a sense of vantage point and a destination to say, we're going up there. Now, every illustration breaks down at some point and this one breaks down at the fact that one of the leopards decided to stay at the Rock Lodge with us while we were there because leopards can go up boulders also, but you get the mental picture, right? The Rock Lodge is almighty God. Not, I got to get to a place financially or physically, and that's going to be my refuge. No, he says, you have been my refuge. You are my rock lodge. So when the turn comes, lead me back up to the rock lodge. When the turn comes, I'm not going to get down on myself. I'm not going to, you know, beat myself up for not being a good enough Christian. When the turn comes, I'm just going to say, Lord, lead me back up to the rock that is higher than I. I think it's okay to freak out. If freak out is a moment that wakes us up to say, I now need to take a step back up. It can be the opposite. Peter was in the middle of that storm. He's walking on water miraculously towards Jesus. But the text says he saw the wind and he saw the waves. And when he saw the wind and he saw the waves, he freaked out. And instead of crying out, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, he was overwhelmed as he turned from Jesus to the waves and the wind. And before he knew it, he was ankle deep and then shin deep and then knee deep and then waist deep and then chest deep. And then he's crying out to God saying, I'm going under, save me. The beautiful part of that story is Jesus was so close by, he just did what? Grabbed him by the hand and pulled him up again. But that's the choice we have. It's a choice that that freak out moment can pull us towards Jesus. I'm going to just take one more step back toward you, up toward you, or it can paralyze us in the moment. And before you know it, 
we start to sink. Every freak out moment is an opportunity. And for us, it's an opportunity to let our Father lead us up onto the rock that is higher than I. I think the third way we can say today that it's okay to freak out is if when we freak out, we remember that Christ is able. See what a perfect storm does is it acts as a gift from God in many, many ways. Again, you have to slice up all the, how does it happen? Why does it happen? Does God let it pass through the filter of his sovereign care? But just jump over that for a moment and see that every perfect storm is a gift from God. Why? Because it refines us. It shakes up things that don't need to be. It modifies what we thought was normal and moves us into all new manner of possibility. It jettisons us from comfort and from safety and from, oh, I've just gotten accustomed to doing my life like this. And it jettisons us into a whole new space where we understand I am not in control. I'm not in charge. I'm not strong as I thought I was. I'm not able to manage the affairs of the world. I need Christ to be able in my life again. I need to remember again today that I'm not the one who's able. Christ is the one who's able. And yes, Christ is in me. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ. But it's easy for us to forget the through Christ part. And it's easy for us just to think, I can do this. I've got this. I can handle this. And all of a sudden, freak out brings us back to a gospel awakening again, where we say, I can't do this. I can't handle this. I need a source bigger than me. I need to know again today that Christ is able. You see, God isn't looking for superheroes. So you can just take the pressure off especially in a perfect storm. He's not looking for you to be a superhero. In fact, the same David who wrote Psalm 61 wrote this in Psalm 103. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. He's not expecting you to be more than he already knows that you are. But the flip side of it is he's not looking for spiritual wimps either. Because Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter four, that we have now encountered the glory of God in the face of Christ. And he says, and we have this treasure in jars of clay so that the excellency of the power will be of God and not of us. And then he goes on to say that works in all situations. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. In other words, God isn't looking at you and saying, 
Don't ever freak out. Don't, 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 me, don't let me ever see you freak out. Don't let me ever see you be human. Don't let me ever see a moment in you where you realize you're in a perfect storm and you have a doubt or you have a worry or you have concern or you panic. Don't let me ever see you do that. But on the other side, he's saying, but remember, you are a container of the Spirit of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you are human and your frame is frail, but He is strong. Therefore, in any storm, you may be pressed. But remember, you're never gonna be crushed. You may be persecuted and find headwind for the sake of the gospel, but you're never gonna be cast down and you're never gonna be fully destroyed. This is the promise of God who's saying today, hey, you feel like you're at the end of the rope? You feel like, man, I, I just can't do one more day, Louie. I'm telling you, I got these kids, I got my husband, I got my wife, I got my situation, I got my business, uh, the economic condition. We have an elderly um, parent. We've got a, a situation going that's completely outside of our control. I, I can't do another day. I can't take another hit. I'm, Louie, I'm telling you for real, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope, man. I'm not talking about panic buying some paper towels when I saw them. I'm talking about like, I don't know if I can hang on anymore. Do you know what God says through the gospel? He doesn't say, just hold on tighter. He says, just, just let go, just let go. Just let go. What do you mean let go? You mean just quit, give up? Give up on my marriage, my family, my kids, my business, my life, just disappear, just let go? No, no, let go of the idea that you have to hold it all together. And remember that Christ is able. Able to what? Catch you when you let go. Able to what? Hold you when you can't hold on to the end of the rope. Able to what? Able to be in you a miraculous supply that far exceeds anything you could do on your best day. Let go. Just let go and free fall into the arms of God. Let go and free fall into the grace of God. Not let go, I quit and I'm out. Just let go, I can't do this anymore. And then God says, as you're falling, I want you to notice that I'm right here. As you're letting go and falling, I want you to notice that you, you didn't crash and burn. As you let go and fell, I want you to notice how much I held on to you. You discovered what Paul already knew, that your grace is sufficient for me, for your grace is made strong in my weakness so that he said, therefore, when I am weak, one of the most misquoted verses of all time, Paul said, therefore, because your grace is sufficient for me and your grace is made perfect in my weakness, not strength. Then he said these words, for when I am weak, then I am strong. In other words, when I let go, and I realize that you had me the whole time. Then it gives me a whole sense of confidence to know that it wasn't me holding on to the rope anyway. It was God who had me all the time. 
I convinced myself, the enemy convinced me that I had to hold it all together. And the whole time God was saying, I got you. I am in you. I am living through you. I am enough for you. I am sufficient. Christ is able. If you take a turn toward freak out, if you take a turn toward overwhelm, if you take a turn toward feeble or frail or fail or swooning, just let it be a reminder to you. Christ is able and let go into his grace and feel the miracle of God saying, I got you. Do you see how that worked? You're still here. We're still gonna wake up tomorrow. We're still gonna head into a brand new day. Just stop. And just take the 20 inch journey. <laughs> oh, we did that a few weeks ago. Wasn't that great? No, like right here, I was visiting Freakout for a minute and decided I'd better take a 20 inch journey. And I just stopped right here and said, I let go. I let go. I can't hold it all together. I can't hold my family all together. I can't hold the world all together. I can't hold my business all together. I can't do it, but you can. Christ is able. Christ be able in me. I'm gonna stand back up and I'm gonna take another step in faith and that step of faith is gonna be lead me to the rock that is higher than I am.